0: Hello, my name is Shireen Jordan and welcome to Tea and Tonic. This podcast is about giving my guests from all different creative industries the chance to tell us about how they got to where they are today while we both sip a tea or perhaps something a bit stronger with a tonic. It's a chance for those affected by the impact of lockdown the opportunity to chat because talking is, as the saying goes just the tonic. I hope you enjoy it with a beverage in hand. It's Saturday, September the 10th, 2020, And my guest today is choreographer, director and two-time Olivier Award winner Stephen Meir from Leicestershire. Stephen started dancing aged three and went on to train at the London Studio Centre of Dance. Stephen quickly found his feet on stage performing and was part of the original cast of Anything Goes starring Elaine Page and Crazy For You with Ruthie Henshaw. He won his first Olivier Award for Best Choreography with Sir Matthew Bourne in 2005 for Mary Poppins, which transferred to Broadway. by the way, and got a Tony nomination, and won another Olivier in 2010 for Hello Dolly. In 2017, Stephen was part of the team that brought Sunset Boulevard, starring Glenn Close, from the West End to Broadway. And on top of his musical theatre credits, he's worked on a number of TV shows, music videos, and was this year awarded a CBE for his contribution to dance. It gives me great pleasure, after all of that, to welcome Stephen. Hello!
1: Hello,
0: how are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Stephen, thank you for giving up uh, your time today to chat to me. My pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. First of all, Stephen, what beverage do you have in hand? I do have a tea. I have my Mary Poppins <gasps> Amazing. Um, I have a tea as well. So, um, cheers. Cheers. Stephen, there's so much <laughs> to talk about when it comes to your career but let's go back to the very start, if I may. Aged three, you started dancing. Um, yeah. Is it fair to say it really was in your blood?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I mean, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I remember my mum teaching at a local dance school. She was one of the helpers there. And um, they never encouraged me to dance. I just ran in and out the line. And then the dancing teacher, Deirdre, who is amazing, and has always been a big cheerer for me all the way, um, just said, let him keep going. And from the age of three,
0: I just carried on dancing. Uh, and was it just moving your so, body, you know, all kinds of things as a three-year-old that you wanted to do? You
1: no, know, you know what it was? It was the sound of tap. I remember listening to all the rhythms and, and finding it really exciting.
0: Wow. I think that's quite key, isn't it? In terms of what you went on to achieve with your career and, and using tap on stage, as you have done. Is it is it still an art form that you love today? Oh my God! Yeah, without a doubt, I absolutely love that. I mean, at one point, I
1: was just being chosen as like a tap choreographer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I trained in ballet, I trained in everything. So, um, so yeah, tap was a massive part, and it's
0: the one I was always strong at. With this this love of dance that clearly was just part of you, was it encouraged? You know, were you encouraged as a child to, to keep on dancing? Oh yeah, because my mum loved it, but they, yeah, she encouraged
1: me, but she wasn't like a pushy stage mum, you know, but she she loved the fact I loved doing it. And um, from then I progressed, I suppose, to the amateurs, which was, I was in like three amateur groups in Loughborough to learn a bit more. But yeah, I loved dancing, I I absolutely. Because I was dyslexic, it was one way of showing how I could express myself and I got
0: noticed and I was good at something. Okay. Did you know that you were good, uh, Stephen, at dancing from a young age? No, oh, I don't know when I was younger. I just
1: enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I got praised for it. So yeah, I suppose I did, But because I, I just loved it.
0: Did you find it relatively easy? You know, was it picking up the steps? Did that was that second nature?
1: Yeah, I did, and I, I just tap. It was tap that I found really easy, and I think it was just rhythms and noises. And you know, as a kid, I always watched all those films with my mum at, at the weekend—the black and white films, all the MGM films—and. It was just, you know, I think it was just something I loved from the beginning.
0: And were you always into the music, you know, of, of the old kind of Hollywood era as well, that, that, you know, we associate with dance and those amazing musicals? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I just loved all that. I mean, I, I, I still do to
1: this day. I, I actually just saw Anything Goes this morning because my mum's got dementia. So I'd go around and we play musicals and we have got Anything Goes. And I've never seen the film. But like Mitsugaina dancing and this fabulous choreography and I I suddenly experienced that today. And I was like, wow, why have I never seen this? So, yeah, I just love I love all those films.
0: Oh, Stephen. Amazing. Do you know, I saw I saw that on your Twitter um, and I saw your mum singing and I just thought how wonderful for her to, you know, recognise the music and be singing along
1: one thing I, I nearly a lot of people have contacted me because of my post because I've got quite a few of me singing with her um but it's, a lot of people that got relatives with dementia have contact me saying it's amazing isn't it they can't remember what they did yesterday but they can sing all the words to those songs and my mum can sing all the words to these songs there was one she was asleep and I crept out when we were I couldn't go in I had to do it from the window crept in and I sang um I sang something I can't remember which one it was but she woke up straight away and started singing just out of nowhere. Wow. It was hysterical. I've actually filmed that one, I think. It's really funny. Oh. She just, you know, she loves it.
0: And I saw um, one of your tweets of your mum and your nephew, your baby nephew.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, he's, he's wonderful. He's brought joy in these bad times because I lost my dad in January. Oh. And um, it's been, I mean, this year has been hard, you know, mm. on everybody. So, but, you know, thank God my mum's still here and Henry was our bit of light coming to our world.
0: Oh, Stephen, I'm so sorry about your dad. Um, I really am. But um, your nephew just looked very engaged, um, Um, lying next to your mother there.
1: He's gorgeous. He really has brought light into the family.
0: Stephen, you went to London Studio Centre of Dance. Um, How old were you when you went? I was, I was a late, I think I was
1: 18. I was, one, well, you know, because sometimes go earlier. 18, yeah, and then I was 19 when I got my first West End show while I was still at college, So, which is unheard of now. And then I got my second West End show while I was at the end of my third year.
0: And when you got your place at the London Studio Centre of Dance, how did you feel? I mean, was it elation? Was it, was it worry? Uh, I mean...
1: I was scared to death, actually. I remember the first week of re- of being at college because did- it's more organised now. I mean, they were fabulous college to learn how to the best teachers. But, um, you know, first week I did like 20-odd classes. And for somebody that only used to go dancing twice a week, Gosh. my body, by the end of the week, I couldn't even, I remember I, I had four flights of stairs to get up to my bed in this chaplaincy I was staying in. On Gower Street. And I just remember I had, I rang and I just burst into tears saying I couldn't walk the stairs. And of course, my mum wanted me just to come home. But um, I'm glad I stuck it out. It was hard on me. Was it a three year course, Stephen, that you did? Three year course. And I I never missed, the only thing I missed was the matinee during the week, the Wednesday or whichever show I was in. I think it was Thursday each. And then when I went to 42nd Street, it was Wednesday. But I do the classes in the morning, I do two in the morning before my matinee.
0: And what was that like going into your first professional show whilst you were still at college, still learning?
1: I mean, it was a double whammy for me because I got to not only do my training, but I got to learn how to perform and behave in a theatre. So I had a double learning experience, really. It was learning my craft amazingly and quickly
0: very competitive atmosphere when you go to dance school when you're training or is it a a feeling of camaraderie amongst everybody I thought it was more camaraderie
1: because we all supported each other when you're at college you're so wanting your peers to do as well as you and the college was very small then and you know I I, yeah they were very supportive to me everybody was so I was very lucky
0: and you were training in everything weren't you all dance forms In and acting, everything I did. We
1: were one of the first few that, because they used to have a dance course, an acting course, and like a musical theatre course. But we, we were on the dance course, but I wanted to do the musical theatre, but I also wanted to act. So they kind of, it, it kind of opened another door. We got to do more acting, which was great for me, and singing.
0: And Do you think that that training gave you the tools that you needed to then go on and achieve everything that you have done so far?
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. Those teachers, I mean, I don't think they'd be able to get away with what they used to say to us (laughs) now. But, um, but, you know, they used to push you. I mean, they'd push you. And I knew I had a teacher called Donald McLennan that would really push me because I was in the lowest ballet class. And by the end, he said, you know what? You could have gone into a ballet company, Stephen. (sighs) But, but you know, they, they were mean because they loved us. You know, they really pushed us a lot and it was and I'm grateful for it to be honest
0: you've spoken about this you say that you know you hadn't really done ballet had you or, or not to the standard that some of the other students had and right. so you were you know you went in at, at the lowest class but mm-hmm. by the end of it as your dance teacher said you you could have gone on to have been a, a professional ballet dancer yeah I, I mean
1: i I really did train hard because I, I was good at knowing what I wasn't good at. Mm-hmm. And lots of the students just did classes, got to choose our classes. So, you know, lots of them were just doing classes they could do already from home. I wanted to do the ones that I couldn't do. And I knew I needed to be better at. So I, I
0: think I had my head screwed on where that was concerned. That's quite, quite insightful as a young man to recognize that. Um, I think most of us don't know perhaps what we're not very good at or don't recognize it. So, you must have been extremely focused knowing what you wanted to achieve.
1: Yeah, I was. And, you know, I knew when I got there, I mean, I was the best dancer in Loughborough. Came there and I was like one of the worst, apart from tap. And I just thought, oh, my God. And I just, and you know, I always say to students now, always look at what you're not good at and push yourself more in that area. It's the best thing you could ever do. Mm. And yeah, I really do believe that.
0: And Stephen, so do you believe then if you go into a dance school and you're perhaps not one of the best that you can, with hard work, with determination, you can change that. You can come out and be one of the best. Because I think often in society now, I don't know, we, we rule people out from things if they're perhaps not the best to begin with, you know, if they're not that shining star. But w- with some nurturing and with the right mentoring and training, people can change their fortunes, if you like. Yeah, I, I, I definitely believe that, and especially
1: if you've got passion. And you know you want to be in this industry and you want to work and you want to be one, you know, in America, they'll say they want to be one of the best. It's not a bad thing to say that as long as you know the difference between ambition and arrogance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I I wanted to get better. I knew I wasn't good. So I I knew I I had, you know, I got into the top ballet class. My main aim was to get into A1 before I left that college and it took me three years to do it, but I did it, you know, so I think, yeah. I th- it's good to have that passion. If you've got passion and love for what you do, you can achieve anything. I think
0: that is amazing, and I'm going to take that with me as some great advice. So, you were in your first professional show whilst at college. What happened when you graduated? Did you instantly go into your next show? Were you on the audition circuit? No, I, I went. I auditioned. I got. I got into Cats
1: as. Straight after, because I think I got me and my girl and cats at the same time when I left oh. for Sexy. They overlapped, and I went straight into cats because I knew every dancer wanted to do cats, and I knew it would strengthen my ballet technique as well. Still, and actually, I understood in Mistopheles, which is unreal when I thought of when I, in my first year at college.
0: So amazing! What a thing to have on your CV.
1: Yeah, it's lovely.
0: Gosh, and then Stephen, was it you know show after show after show? I think I did six West
1: End shows as a performer and I did reps. My favorite, I have to say, I love the West End, but rep, being in a rep company, you learn your craft really, you have to learn because the money's not as good. You're doing probably two shows in rep that overlap and you just learn your, your craft really quickly. That was wonderful. And I got to work with some amazing directors.
0: I mean, am I right in saying as well that you understudied Tommy Steele in Some Like It Hot?
1: Yes, I did. I did (laughs) in the West End and I got to go on because he broke his, sprained his ankle or something the last week. We got our notice and he sprained his ankle and I went on for the last four shows. So, yeah. That was great experience. And, of course, everybody that I taught in all these colleges still, even though I was in West End, I still went straight into teaching. So they all came to see the show. So it was, I had a lot of support.
0: Wow. And was the teaching something you found very natural, very organic, that you enjoyed? Yeah, I,
1: I love teaching. I used to teach in Loughborough, you see. I did all my teacher's exams over the years in Loughborough. And so I, I always used to teach there as well. So I knew I loved choreographing then.
0: And from that point, did you think this is what I'm going to go into after the performance side maybe comes to an end? Choreography would be your calling card.
1: Yeah, I kind of knew halfway through my West End work because I loved to, performing, absolutely loved it. But I knew I wanted to choreograph because I was so interested in how directors and choreographers treated people and how different they all are. And I learned from some good ones and I learnt from bad ones. So it was very, you know, I was always watching them, even when I was working with them.
0: Do you remember the first show that you choreographed? Yeah, I mean, I did rep
1: a lot. And mm-hmm. one of the directors used to get me to do panto. So I kind of did a panto first. And but the big show that kind of got me on the map was Dar- the Derby Playhouse. He asked me to do a, th- a show called, it was called Great Biden, Them. It was called Soul Trade. And it was going to go in the West End as part of a year tour. And it went into West End for eight weeks. And it, I was lucky enough to get my first Olivier nomination. There. So he put me on the map, Mark Clemens, who was, I'm so grateful for to this day.
0: You were a babe in Armstead at this point, weren't you? I wouldn't say babe. I am probably in my 20s.
1: 24.
0: Yeah, you are a baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it was great. It was a great show, especially
0: for a choreographer. It was brilliant. And Stephen, when you choreograph something, uh, you know, a, a a big show, where do you start with it? Is it is it the music? Is it the storytelling? Is it the characterisation? I think,
1: I mean, I, I was offered a lot of like, after that, I think I was singing in the rain at West Yorkshire as well first. and that, And that was going into the West End. So I kind of, if it's an old show, you know it. So, I mean, I always... I mean I, I wouldn't do a show now unless I love the music because mm-hmm. I've been up at a couple of shows where I've listened to uh, new shows and I've listened to the music and I'm just like blank and when that happens to you I'm in a position now to say no mm-hmm. whereas years ago I would have just grabbed it but it, I think I think you have to love the music if you're going to create dances and then you find the characters and the periods and what you know everything I I mean I do my homework so strongly on all these period pieces or what year it is, and the style. I think it's so important. But I love to see characters dance, not just dancers. I love to see actors dance as well.
0: And is it a process that takes a very long time, as I imagine it would?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, and I always do pre-production before I go into any new show. Uh, you know, like once we cast it and we know how many people we've got, I will go to somewhere like Birds or Lanes or, mm-hmm. or Millennium just to go and use their kids as bodies. Mm-hmm. If I've got a big number that I need to set, you know, that it's more you know, military wise, you know, when the big numbers are the same mm-hmm. to try and work it out on them first. So, yeah.
0: Do you know early on? Who you want, what kind of dancers you want, are you part of that casting process?
1: It's always hard when there's like the musical director, the director, I mean, the director has the last say or the producer, if Mm. you're with Cameron. Um, But it's you do, um, you have to fight your corner sometimes because sometimes, because casts are getting smaller now, most of the people have to understand the leads and things. Mm. Probably you don't get all your favourite dancers because they're probably not vocally strong enough or as strong as somebody else but you know it's all give and take and we all want what's best for the show so we normally end up getting all the best people anyway so we're very lucky
0: that's really that's a really good point you've made i probably hadn't thought of that you you will need people to cover and to be able to stand in and so you need to cover every base and that can't be easy
1: and it's not easy for people who are auditioning because they just think well i've just done a great dad's audition why didn't i get through mm. and then they don't realise that they Weren't right from one of the understudies. I've lost so many good dancers. I've talked about great people, but it's you have to, you know, swings and roundabouts. How it goes
0: sometimes. Is it getting more competitive now, Stephen? You know, do you see more dancers coming to these auditions than perhaps when you first started out?
1: Yeah, I think, and the training is some fabulous training going on at the moment because the dancers are a lot stronger now, and what they can do with their bodies is ridiculous. You know, how long it'll last, I don't know. But, you know, they're fantastic. There's techniques. And they are learning to be triple threats now because mm. that was late. I mean, when I was in EBG, I was, you know, you're either a singer, dancer or a lead. Mm. So it's great to have these triple threats coming out of these colleges now. It's wonderful. And it is harder. There's more, way more boys, um, but nowhere near as big as America, you know. do mm. you think we fit into Texas, when you do an audition in America, it's mammoth. And so if you haven't got that pushy thing that we think Americans are, if you haven't got that push and that shine or trying to keep a sparkle or you don't get a look in out there. Cause it's so, that's why they're so passionate about it as well. Cause there's so many you have to go, go through. It's a lot harder out there than it is here.
0: God. Thank goodness for the arts here, you know, and the training we have here and the opportunities. Um okay, yeah. Maybe not at the moment because of COVID, did you miss performing when you went into directing and, and choreographing? Uh,
1: yes, I did. So I love performing. I mean, absolutely used to love performing. You have to make a decision. and Because I, I was assisting Stroh, I became an assistant after I, I, Crazy Few was my last show, and then I became assistant to Stroh. And then I thought, I don't want to be an assistant, although it was an amazing learning experience. I wasn't a good assistant. So I knew I wanted to choreograph. So you just have to stand your ground and believe in yourself, because if you don't, and you're a bit wishy-washy about what you want to do, it won't happen. Mm.
0: Talk to me about Mary Poppins, because I know you won an Olivier Award for that in 2005, along with Sir Matthew Bourne. That was one big show, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and once again, you see, that was Cameron being a genius. He put us, me and Matthew together. I mean, I'm sure Matthew, well, we both thought, well, have we got to do it with somebody else? But I, even I thought that, and I, that's really grand of me because nobody knew me then, really. Um, but Matthew had done loads of things. But he was co-director as well. And I think because of putting our talents together, we, me and Matthew love all the same things, but we're totally different choreographers. Which, um, And I just think it's it was genius because there's such a wealth of choreography on that stage because it's two of us. It's such a joyous thing to watch. And we got on like a house on fire. So it was also a great collaboration.
0: The step in time, Stephen, routine is quite incredible. Very long, very intricate, um, extremely catchy. Was that hard to come up with all all of that to
1: not at all. Once I heard that, no, I knew what I was going to do. I, and then we got the chimneys, and when I got told they could move, we could add that into the choreography. And that is one bit where we do running across the roofs, and the chimneys fly by, by us the other way. So it looks like we're travelling across the roofs. And I was just excited. And it was Bob Crowley's design. And I said to Bob Crowley at one point, because, you know, Tappy's more mine, so Matthew will always say, you know, he helped with patterns and things. He was great. I said, I'd love to Donald O'Connor up the wall. And, and Bob Crowley said... Why don't we just take him around the proscenium? And I'm thinking, how on earth do you do that? And um, he did. And he, that's, I wish it was my idea. It's Bob Crowley's. It's genius. And it was the perfect time because it builds and builds. And then we get all that slow music, you know, going over the top. And then we speed up again. because It's just the right time. We pull it right back before we explode again at the end. It's very exciting to watch.
0: It's just awesome. And I don't think anyone can watch that, Stephen, without tapping their feet, you know, or without even standing up.
1: It's, it's just a, I mean, and if, when we especially going back and revisiting Poffin's and me and Matthew sat in the audience went, yeah, we're really proud of this. Because <laughs> when normally sit there, I'm quite critical about everything, what we do, you know. So But this time we got to finesse and give, like we had wonderful CZ and Charlie, that we could build on and give more to you know so um yeah it's they, they were it's a fabulous cast I've got to say
0: I saw it I absolutely loved it I thought it was outstanding did you have an inkling at the time it was going to do well and and pick up some awards um it was exciting
1: yeah I no, I didn't think we we're going to pick up awards you know you always hope you might get Nominated or pray, you know. The I mean, it was great, and Cameron Potter's whole heart and Disney did as well. Tom Schumacher put their heart into this, and um, and it's a really classic production. And I think it's even better now, and the sets better, and all the magic's changed over the years. You know, we did it ten years ago. Mm. All the magic is so you know has, has gone so much better since then, and everything's more magical. I think, and you know, we got to fix everything we wanted to do.
0: When you took that to Broadway, again, were you thinking, "Wow, this is going to be amazing," or, or was there any element of of worry that perhaps the audiences over there wouldn't receive it like we did over here?
1: Well, no, the American audience went bonkers. I mean, we only have to <laughs> you only have to a kick line and they're like cheering. Step <laughs> in time, I was in shock because they all started clapping halfway through. I mean, it was the reaction there was sensational, but the reviews were very mixed. Mm. They were like, "Yeah." Some some were great, some were okay. There was no bad ones, mm. but it wasn't like a a, a sure hit. I mean, it did fabulous, it did six years mm. on Broadway. But um, you know, it would have been great to have, and it was great to be nominated uh, for Tony with Matthew. But yeah, uh, I I think it's a brilliant show, and I'm very very proud of it.
0: Did you feel at this point, Stephen, that you know you and your career were really on the map? You know, you're getting calls from from very well-known producers to choreograph shows. Did you think, yeah, this is where I want to be?
1: Oh, God, without a doubt. I I loved it. And that creating a brand-new show like Poppins was so exciting for me. I know I did Soul Train and, you know, I've done like the old musicals, but they're set, doing Mary Poppins. You've got George Stiles and Anthony Drew mm-hmm. working with the German brothers. But their, their collaboration is amazing because Styles and Drew brought such amazing music to the show that people think, that's actually in the film. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, no, no, that isn't in the film, that bit. Mm-hmm. That's what Styles and Drew did. But they're so clever at collaborating with the Sherman brothers that it was it's just genius. So we had all that music and they did the new dance arrangements, George did. It was just a, a fabulous collaboration.
0: Outstanding. Absolutely amazing. You won your second Olivier Award just five years later in 2010 for Hello Dolly. How did you feel?
1: I mean, for me, that was just amazing because, one, I, I was on my own. I got to put pre- in choreograph on my own, which was a wonderful experience. Um, but I, I didn't think we were going to win because I was up against Bill T. Jones, who had won the Tony over Mary Poppins in America. And strangely enough, he was up for the same show when I was doing Dolly. So I just presumed he was going to win. So it was amazing when they called my name. I was overjoyed. And Regent's Park, Hello Dolly, Sam Spyro, I mean, we, we won loads that we were so shocked, but it was it was a beautiful show, I have to admit.
0: Stephen, you have worked at theatres <laughs> all around the UK um <laughs> and pretty much all around the world, all around the West End. I don't think I could find a theatre that you haven't worked at. Chichester Festival Theatre. Do you have a favourite?
1: Do you know what I do? I mean, my career started at Prince Edward. I did anything goes. Um, some Like It Hot, and then Mary Poppins went there. So for me, as, as something special to my heart, it could be the Prince Edward Theatre. Uh, but I have to say, Jury Lane, when I did ha- 46th Street and is of Eastwick, it was the most wonderful, that's the most stunning theatre, I think, for me to work in.
0: And what a beautiful theatre, and it has such history, doesn't it? Huge history yeah. and heritage. Would you say that you're known for a a certain style of choreography? Because when I was, you know, watching back your work and researching you, I was struggling really to pinpoint a type of choreography because you seem to be able to merge old with new. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I agree. And
1: I, because I've moved, I like to combine what people are doing today, but I mean, I always have to stay true to the period. That is the one thing I will do, but I will add my twist to it. I mean, I trained in a style called mathematics, which is isolations and arms. So you will always see something like that. I have got little trademarks, I think, but I also did um, Guys and Dolls at the Royal Albert Hall. And I had like 20 dads doing a big ballet routine, boys. And people were like, oh my God, I didn't know. And I can do that. I just don't get the chance for it. So I loved it when I got, whenever I do get to do ballet, I just love such a range of dancing. I just love all sorts of dancing, actually.
0: Mm. Well, it shows. Um, Now, Sunset Boulevard, goodness me, this was massive in 2016 um, in the West End when Glenn Close starred in it and it then transferred to Broadway. What was being part of that team like? Was there a huge sense of responsibility on your shoulders?
1: Well, yeah, I suppose there is. I mean, once, you know, we did it and of course Glenn did it 10 years ago or something like more than that probably. And um, she was nervous. She was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, it was wonderful. And it was a different concept. The orchestra was on stage. It wasn't a concert version even though they tried to say it was. There's a full set. She's in every all the costume changes. I mean, it was so elaborate and so big. And and so exciting to be part of, especially going to Broadway with it.
0: Just amazing. I mean, the names that you've worked with it, it is incredible. I'm going to flip slightly, if I may, to music videos. Stephen, how do you get the phone call to be asked, do you want to work on Oasis's The Importance of Being Idle"? Well,
1: well, I did a show years ago called Anything Goes at the National, Trevor, Trevor Nunn's last show, my favourite show to date, as much as I've got amazing shows. I think it's still my best choreography. And it put me on the map big time because I, I just got lots of offers after that. Because it was Trevor Nunn, it was the national, it was such a big thing, you know what it's like. And it really did put me on the map. And this di- this director of videos came to see it and said she wanted me to choreograph Oasis. Offered me straight out. She offered me two, Oasis and Goldfrap. And I didn't know who Goldfrap was when I got offered it. <laughs> but um, yeah, they were great experiences.
0: It's a pretty classy video. The importance yeah. of being idle. You know, I, I watched it again earlier. Was that difficult working in a slightly different medium?
1: Yeah, you know what's difficult. They, I mean, God, we had like two weeks rehearsal to do it. Well, I'd set it in three days. <laughs> it was so easy, and uh, you know, so I think they just take their time and they could save loads of money. But um, you know, what it's different vibe, and I love doing it. and I enjoyed it. And but it and it won. I think it won best pop video that year. It came out. It did definitely on the MTV. I think it won.
0: Amazing! What a great thing to have on your CV. Um, yeah, it's
1: lovely actually.
0: And you went on to do quite a lot of TV work, didn't you? Victoria Wood was, I believe, a, a good friend of yours and somebody that you worked with on her Christmas TV show as well as Acorn Antiques the musical.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was grateful because, I mean, I would never have dreamt I was going to be best friends with Victoria Wood, and when we started working, but she was just gorgeous. She's a genius. I mean, an amazing genius. Um, and it was just, and that was a masterclass for me with Trevor Nunn, Julie Walters, you know, it was just every day I'd go to work and we would sit there laughing so much. It was just joyous. I can't tell you, such an amazing experience, the whole. But then I got to do our TV shows and then she said, do you fancy doing a duet with me on the Chris one? And I was a bit like, yeah, dance for ages. And, and I'm so glad I did it now. And we did the Nick and Margaret sketch from The Apprentice. And I'm so glad I did it, you know.
0: What a fabulous opportunity to have, Stephen. But you're thought of so highly in the industry. Do you still now love dance, love the industry as much as you did when you started?
1: 100% I still so passionate, you know, I went into a, we've just done a little video to try and help theaters, um, which is coming out on the 22nd, uh, uh, Taylor Walker, this guy who's a choreographer and young choreographer, who's brilliant, um, got four choreographers together. And we put this together to help theaters and inspire. Um, so, and I literally wanted to cry going in a room again with people and, and it was just so joyous. Um, with all what's going on. But yeah, absolutely adore it to this day. As soon as I stop, I'll give in. As soon as I've got I lose that passion. I don't think I ever will.
0: And do you still dance yourself? And I say that, I mean, you know, perhaps at home, you know, where no one can see you. I will always get up and teach it,
1: but I won't keep doing it because my body, you know, I'm a 56-year-old jumping around. You know, I always like to get up and still do it. I love to do the tap rhythms. I love to show them the style. But I have an amazing, amazing assistant. I have quite a few that are just sensational and so loyal and precise with my style that I'm, I'm very blessed.
0: I saw a, a Twitter video not that long ago, again, of you dancing with some, I think, students or young graduates. And yeah. it was just wonderful, you know, seeing you do your thing. Um, I actually
1: did a little bit on this new video that we've done.
0: Oh, a wow. Bit. That gives, you know, everyone listening a chance to go online, have a look at Stephen's video. I
1: think the fattest on there with all these skinny dancers, but it was, you know, (laughs) great. They've all got these fabulous bodies and there's little me in the middle with not a tone on me now. It was great to do.
0: Not at all. I don't, I'm not buying that, Stephen, at all. Um, (laughs) Before we get on to um, this year and this very peculiar time we're all living through... I know that you were awarded the Carl Allen Award twice in 2006, and then um, less than a decade later in 2015. What was that like? Because for a dancer, that is one of the highest accolades, isn't it? I mean,
1: it was it was totally wonderful. I mean, any accolade is it's so great to be, especially if you're being noticed by your peers. It's it's just wonderful, and I really am forever grateful for things like that. Anything that comes... I mean, you can normally knock me over with a feather when all these things happen. But um, it's just wonderful.
0: Well, I'm going to add on to that. Last year, you got the Honorary Doctor of Arts at Greenwich Uni. And this year, hello, hello, CBE, Commander of the Order of the British Empire for your contribution to dance. (gasps) No,
1: I would never dreamt um, that would happen. Never, in a million years. So that was, I was really pleased. And I know people wrote letters like Trevor and Matthew and all them to help, apparently. So that was, it's just wonderful that once again, your peers have helped you get that. Um, So yeah, forever. And the nice thing was, I told my dad before he passed away, which was heaven for me to tell him, Um, because he was so, so proud.
0: Oh, wonderful. So, you know, he knew, he...
1: I, I wasn't supposed to tell anyone, but I told him because I knew he was really poorly.
0: Oh, Stephen. He
1: always used to say to me every time, every year, he'd say, oh, you know, you should get one of these. Just, you <sighs> know, you know, thinking the son should be getting everything. But, yeah, so he was thrown to bits.
0: Well, you know, he you know, had an inkling it was going to happen.
1: Yeah, well, that's I know. Isn't that funny? But it's amazing, isn't it? So, once again, knocked off. You could have knocked me down with a feather, really. <laughs> We're very grateful.
0: Well, the stars aligned. The stars aligned. Um, Stephen, we had lockdown back in March. We are all living through this pandemic. How has that been for you? Were you working on something in March that then was on pause, that got scuppered? Has this um, delayed future productions for you?
1: I mean, this year was my biggest year. I had Poppins on. We were in previews for City of Angels, which is amazing. And we were like two days from opening night when it got stopped. I wanted—I literally wanted to cry because mm. it is sensational and I just wanted everybody to see it. Um, and then I was supposed to go to Chicago with my version of 42nd Street that I directed and choreographed and then go to Paris mm. with with my um, 42nd Street at the Châtelet and then White like, Christmas was supposed to be happening. So I had big, big shows this year. Five that just vanished into thin air so it was a bit i mean the last one killed me when pop uh when it didn't happen in paris just recently mm. it was all all of us about 46 of us it was our ray of hope they were still going ahead and then paris got all got hit with a, a second you know flow of covid so um it got stopped i mean bless them they really did try everything to get the show on so i'm um, so but yeah, being put back like Chicago's being put back mm-hmm. for 2022. I'll probably be doing it in a wheelchair <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Chatelet hoping that we can go back next year and do it. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed. And we had an amazing cast ready for it as well. So, you know, it's like everybody else, everybody's suffering, mm. but it's so, I mean, I always try to stay positive mm. on Facebook and Twitter and try not to get too much into politics. I try my best. Mm. Um, but the other day I kind of got, Oh, I was a bit over it, you know, mm. cause it's so hard. Cause it, the most time I've ever had out of work in my career is four weeks. Apart from my holidays you take, it's four weeks where I didn't know what I was doing. So I've been blessed. So I've been going batshit crazy from the minute, mm. uh, from the minute this started. I was like, oh, well, oh my god, because I like structure and I like being busy. Mm. But on the positive note, I get to see my mum every day.
0: Oh, wonderful! Because you're in Brighton now, Stephen, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah, I... I love it. So I guess, you know, getting to see your mum, there is, you know, a bit of light amidst this
1: Yeah darkness. Yeah, and you know what? I I had so much admiration for all these people teaching online mm. on Zoom because I couldn't do it. I, I, I need to see the people I'm teaching. Mm. or to, That's my talk. But I had so much respect for these dancers because they were brilliant teachers. You know, like Joe Goodwin and Robin Millen, Jane nurtry, all those amazing people. Sammy Murray teaching all these ballet classes to all they, These are just brilliant people. And that energy is, I don't know how they did it. I would, it was just wonderful to see so many brilliant people teaching, you know, but you know, I've had things come in, little things, you know, that are going to happen. And, you know, so I've just done that video, which was great. And there are things in the pipeline. So, you know, but for me not to have proper structure, Mm. it's been hard, eh? but it's been hard for everyone. That's why I try and keep positive on Facebook and Twitter to keep, especially with them telling us (laughs) the government telling us we should retrain Mm. that kind of hit me last week badly. And I was just more angry Mm. thinking, so I was trying to keep people's hope up and this is an amazing industry to be in. It's wonderful. So, you know, Mm. I just keep going and keep believing and I think we will get there. And tonight we've got Mary Poppins on Britain's Got Talent. (gasps) And I think La and um, Phantom. So, but we're doing a big, number and, and I you know I can't wait to watch it so that's you know that will give people a bit more hope as well
0: absolutely that is very exciting and it just, just reminds everyone doesn't it you, you know just yeah. how fabulous theatre is musical theatre the arts you know lo- just that live element there's nothing that can replace people,
1: that no absolutely but we brought so much revenue into our country mm. theatre And, you know, so, you know, we do bring joy and escapism. And I'll tell you, if there's any time you need escapism, it's now. So, you know, Mm. we'll keep going. I know we will.
0: We will keep going. So potentially then, Stephen, for you, 2021 and 2022 could be crazy busy years. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, the end of last year was bonkers. I had, like, Funny Girl, White Christmas and Poppins all overlapping. Luckily... Mm. Uh, two of them had been set before but we were still rehearsing um and funny girls from scratch but it was it was mad but it was wonderful at the same time I mean I thrive off that energy of having to run around and get these shows up and just grateful I'm being asked to do them I am forever grateful when I get a show I never take it for granted at all.
0: So you're almost now having the rest time that you didn't have in previous years (laughs) Yeah, but I I always took a couple of weeks
1: holiday. I -hmm. I always remember Cameron saying to me earlier when I was doing witches, I think, he said, Stephen, you know, you need to take holidays. You need to take holidays. You need to recharge your batteries. And he was right. Totally right.
0: Well, Stephen, that brings me on now to my next question. How do you relax?
1: How do I relax? I go to, I know this sounds silly, but I go to the gym. Okay. (laughs) I've started jogging now doing this um couch to 5k i started i'm not very good at it but i am doing it but that's it just gives me time on my own mm. and you know uh, i do meditate um but i i i've got a lovely house with a big sea view from my living room window um and so i i sit here and look out and that relaxes me mm.
0: and when you're running do you listen to anything
1: yeah, yeah music i always listen to music I listen to Sinatra and things that, just music I love, Motown, and, and you know, more than anything, Sinatra and Motown and the things I listen to when I run.
0: Wonderful. And Stephen, who would you say has been the biggest influence on you so far?
1: In my career, I think my dance teacher, Deirdre, because she pushed me to go to London, so I'm forever grateful to her. Influence on films or anything like that. I mean, I love Gene Kelly. Mm. And Miller, a a massive, I was obsessed with them when I was a kid. So I think that has been a massive influence. And also I got to work with amazing people like Susan Stroman, who teaches you your craft as well about being a choreographer. So I've I've, I've had so many great influences throughout my career.
0: Stephen, it sounds like you have also been a very big influence on a lot of other people um, as well. And, you know, thank you for all of the shows that you've brought to the stage, because my bum's been on a lot of seats. Um, So, you know, Stephen, thank you. And I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do my best to keep inspiring new choreographers and people in the business. And, you know, I just can't wait to do some more shows and get cracking again. But thank you.
0: That was choreographer and director Stephen Meir, CBE. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes from your preferred podcast provider and follow me on Twitter at Shireen Jordan and on Instagram at Shireen R. Jordan.